Hi there, and welcome to this episode of Out of Office. I'm your host, Malika Kapoor. Today, we take you to Turkey for a conversation with celebrity chef Jose Andreas, who's working with local chefs and restaurants to serve hot meals to communities impacted by the earthquake. He says they're providing more than 260,000 meals a day. The chef, who is also the founder of World Central Kitchen, often rushes to the front lines of a crisis. A few months ago, he was in Ukraine, in Puerto Rico after Hurricane Maria, in Beirut after an explosion ripped through the city, in Australia after the bushfires. He arrived in Istanbul just a few hours after the devastating earthquake rocked Turkey and Syria. Nothing beats having boots on the ground, he says, to make an immediate difference. And in this instance, that difference comes in the form of a hot meal. It's nourishing, comforting, and a sign that someone cares. Chef Jose Andrea spoke to me while he was driving to Adiaman, a town affected by the earthquake. On his way there, he spoke to me about the mission of World Central Kitchen, being inspired by Gandhi, and the power of sharing a plate with a stranger. Listen in. So, Chef Jose, thank you so much for joining me on Out of Office. How long have you been in Turkey now? Oh, oh, myself, I, I've been here from, I think I landed 16 hours after the earthquake. So right after, within hours. Can you describe the scenes you saw once you reached Turkey? I landed in, in Istanbul and from there I went to Adana. That was the closest place uh, to all these major earthquakes. I saw chaos in the airport. Um, I saw chaos because it was people leaving, people coming, uh, NGOs and other organizations trying to come, specifically SAR teams, search and rescue, that in the early hours of an earthquake, we all know is the most important thing we have to start doing. This is an earthquake for the ages, and the destruction uh, is something like I don't think people can really imagine even seeing the images on TV. Can you tell us a little bit about your operation there? I know you're working with a network of local chefs. How many people are you working with? How many meals are you being able to provide? Well, like always, we start <laughs> making uh, one contact with one restaurant before we even open our kitchen. Any restaurant may be active, and we start feeding. And very quickly, we go up. I think on the third day, we will... We were doing 90,000 meals a day. I would say that the Turkish people are very hands-on. This is a community, a civilization that has food very rooted in their DNA. And they love food. And food is friendship and food is family. And with that, I want to say that for me, it was amazing to see how random people that came from all over Turkey in the back of their cars. They wouldn't stop anywhere. Anywhere that there was a fire. A fire that was warming families. Families that were warm as they were waiting for the chance, for the lack, that some news of their loved ones, that they were found under the rubble. At the same time, those people that didn't know each other will be feeding those people waiting 
for the good news of the loved one be found. And you start feeding those families. So you start feeding simply the star teams that after working for long hours under the cold, they will need a hearty, warm meal to fill their soul and their spirit. When you distribute food to these people who've been affected by the earthquake, survivors, people who've been displaced, people who haven't had a warm meal in days, perhaps, what's the reaction like from the community and from the people you're feeding? Well, in a very Turkish fashion, everyone sometimes um, um, cooking from the back of the truck that at that moment is serving as their only home because people are afraid to be homes. People have a hard time going inside the building when they saw so many hundreds of buildings falling down only with little aftershocks after the two major earthquakes back to back. And very often when you go, you will always be given something back. People will offer you chai no matter where. People will offer you a smile. The other day, I was in Hatay, um, one of the hardest, probably is the hardest hit area of all Turkey. And there was this family that they were kind of under underneath what will be their garage, um, a family of uh, one little boy, three little girls, the husband, the, the, the wife, the, the grandfather. And they were doing there in a little fire that served as the kitchen, but also as the, the place that they, they, they got warm. They were cooking these kind of kebabs, burger kebabs on a little pan. And before feeding themselves, they were giving that to us. And this is fascinating. This is the generosity of the Turkish people that even in the hardest hour, they are looking after foreigners. That's incredible. I mean, you see such devastation, but you also see the best of humanity in situations like this. Yeah, and this is a reality I'm seeing every day here. Obviously, in Turkey, um, everybody will give a jacket to somebody that is not as warm as they are. Uh, everybody will give a ride to somebody. Everybody will We'll, we'll share a bed. I've been, I've been sharing uh, beds and rooms here in different cities with no hotels. You see, in these moments, no, nobody looks for their well-being. Everybody only looks to do the best they can to do something to provide relief. You know, you said you're providing upwards of 250,000 meals a day. How is this being funded? Well, uh, like always, we, I, I don't know because I'm... Um, I see myself like one more volunteer. You can call me volunteer in chief. Uh, I call myself more the whisperer, uh, the whisperer in chief. Uh, but it's great to see how the teams are able to come and, and adapt to the situation. And obviously, we've always been very good in social media. Not because we want to show off, only because people want to know. Uh, and because people see in real time what we do. Uh, is how we always are able to finance. Uh, people see that we have boots on the ground. People see that we solve problems in real time. And just with this simple, this simple approach, uh, is how I guess 
support World Central Kitchen and is how by the vast majority of the donors of World Central Kitchen, I would say, are very small, are very small donors. We have some big foundations that give us more, but I would say the success of World Central Kitchen is that everyday people in America and around the world see the effort we do and they use support us with small donations and at the end usually is enough to support this kind of mission. I think you've really hit on uh, something quite powerful there because social media allows you to be very transparent about where people's donations are going. Otherwise, sometimes when people donate to large organizations, there's no transparency and there's a worry about uh, funds being misused, like we've seen with some large um, charitable organizations. Well, this is being obviously an issue. And as World Central Kitchen is growing bigger, we had very big events in the last three years. We had COVID, uh, we had uh, Ukraine, and now we have uh, Turkey. Um, but I think people put their trust in World Central Kitchen. They see that what we say we do, we do. That what we, we say we cook, we cook. And, and that's why people um, kind of um, believe that they are there with us even in the distance. Obviously, World Central Kitchen, and I hope my role as a founder for the years to come, will be to make sure that we keep, keep our values as when we began. We always say that we are nothing special. We only start cooking and start feeding. You're in Turkey now. You were in Ukraine a few months ago. You've been to several disaster zones. Um, you fed a whole island after Hurricane Maria in Puerto Rico. You fed people who were pushed out of their homes after the wildfires in California, in Australia. Personally, you see so much trauma up close. Personally, how do you how does that affect you, and how do you cope with the trauma of what you're what you see? So um, I'm okay. I have I have good friends. Obviously, my wife, my my my, my family that look after me. Um, you know, I will not tell you that when I go to my hotel room at night, I don't have a tear or two or more. Uh, out of sometimes. Um, you feel powerless. You feel like you could do more or you feel like you're going to the comfort of your hotel and these people that are going to be sleeping in a very cold night and without showers and without bathroom. Uh, but for me, it's always been more important. Uh, the people that work with us, right? And more important, the people going through the trial. I want to understand why this is so important to you to feed as many vulnerable people as you can. You're a celebrity chef. You have a business, a thriving restaurant business. Why is this so important to you? I don't know. I, what I know is that there is enough money in the world to end hunger. But, but we don't make it happen. I do believe there may be a foot in the world to make sure nobody goes hungry. But we have hungry people. I do believe there should be enough money in the world to make sure that nobody is homeless. I do believe it's enough smart people are there to come up with solutions to make sure everybody has a job. I do believe 
is enough brain power in the world to make sure that we don't have a world where we have hungry children and a hungry woman and hungry communities. Let's talk about the power of food to comfort people, the power of food to bring people together. On your Twitter handle, you say, if you are lost, share a plate of food with a stranger, you will find who you are. Can you elaborate on that? And have you shared a plate of food with a stranger? And what has that meant to you and to the stranger? No, I share a lot of plates of food with a stranger. I remember one time I was in Port-au-Prince in Haiti. I started talking to this guy that had some English. I had zero Creole. Um, but the guy, hey, he spoke French and Creole and some and English. And at the end, um, he took me to, to his neighborhood, a neighborhood that was created by homes, but was no bricks or mortar, were homes that they were uh, very, very basic, but that they had all the warmth. And we went in and, and we had, uh, we had uh, an amazing meal. Uh, I remember they had griot, which is this amazing pork that they love to boil and then fry. They had orange and has a different hot peppers and black pepper. And in that moment, eating with that gentleman, we were able to talk. We were able to talk about life and what happened to him, well, how much money he makes, like his job is random, that sometimes life is difficult. And he said, well, be nice that life could be, my life could be like yours. Like, I think you know what's happening with your life. Me, sometimes I go day to day and I'm praying that tomorrow I will have money to buy a plate of food and eat. And in moments like this is when you see yourself in a way that you don't imagine because you could be him. You could be him. And the ones we have and the ones we, we create our own problems sometimes and they are nothing compared to what these other people are going through. And that's why it's important sometimes to have a meal with a stranger, especially somebody that even if you think your life is hard, is there are people that their life is much harder than yours. And still they seem to wake up every morning with a smile and with a willingness to try to make something happen for them, for their children, for the community. Thank you so much for speaking with me today. Well, good luck with your efforts and thank you for doing what you're doing. It's absolutely amazing. That was Chef Jose Andres speaking to me from Turkey. I'm sure you're as moved and as inspired as I am. And he's left me thinking about the power of food to nourish, to comfort and to heal. I'm Malika Kapoor. This episode of Out of Office was produced by Yajo's son. As always, stay well and thank you for listening. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.